The future will be amazing. And that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Hello, listeners. This is Jim, the Keebs bartender. Keys, that's easy for me to say. Keys bartender coming to you live today. You know where I'm coming from. Unless I explicitly say I'm not here, I am here. What is here? Key Largo, Florida Keys. One of these 43 islands in the string that comes off the end of the tip of the phallus, which is Florida. It is back-to-back Fridays. Well, last night, I I rarely talk about sports. And rarely am I right when I do talk about sports. But yesterday when I was at the place of work, the bar, we were putting on the Miami Dolphins-Ravens game. And so many people say, I'm just going to hang around to see how badly the Dolphins are going to get beat. Now, I come from Philadelphia, and I'm used to, let's say, the team being less than competitive sometimes. But, you know, they did win about four years ago. So, we do have a Super Bowl in our belt more recently than we, let's say, the Dallas Cowboys. No one saw the Dallas Cowboys. Let's see how they do. They lost last weekend. So, I said to the people at the bar, there was about seven people listening, I said, I think Miami has a really good chance. They seem to really do well against good teams. They always did, even when they weren't playing that well. And they've been playing kind of well, even though it doesn't reflect the record. So they ended up winning last night. Pretty good. Pretty good uh, 22 to 10, I think, or something like that. And rarely were my predictions correct. Rarely, rarely, rarely. We had, um, we're starting to get our snowbirds back at the gym where I work. They come into my spin class and they also come into the bar. I look forward to seeing them come back because that means increased revenue, increased business. It just rounds out business. And we, the busier, because we're a smaller place and we're right on Route 1 and people see the cars out front, it increases the reputation that we are a busy place. So that's good. It's nice having a park that's exposed. A lot of people don't. Uh, they have park in the back. You don't see it from the highway, so they can't really tell. Well, I mentioned we had back-to-back rainy Fridays. Last week was much, it was more downpours. Today was more of a drizzle. I I had, once again, uh, our classes, I teach a spin class, they're starting to fill out more. Getting within, right now we're only going up to 12, so I had about 10 people today and I, I can, once they allow full participation, be about 20, 20 bikes, 20 people in the class. There's bigger spin classes. I understand that, but that's pretty good for the small community here. In season, it's kind of interesting. What I try to do, and this kind of works for everything, whether you go 
to going to work someplace or or going to school or trying anything new. What I tell people when they come in the spin class, I tell them, I say, don't listen to your head tell you that you need to work at, especially people that are really competitive. You want to appear as if you're doing well when you're working out. But I tell them, I said, that's not your goal. Your goal is to come back. You come back to class. Not just this class, come back to the gym and all those things. So don't be discouraged. I would, and I tell, it's counterindicative to working out, but I tell people to take it easy in the beginning because it's a learned behavior. All right? You don't need to do things real hard, real fast, unless you're doing something that you want to do real hard, real fast. You know what I'm talking about. That's a sexual innuendo, right? No, but with these things in particular, I tell them to say, take it at a moderate pace. There's specific movements we do that, and I won't go into detail over it, but your body's not used to it. And you need to acclimate your body to it. You get used to it. Just like surfing, typing, using a cell phone, using an elevator. Get someone on an elevator that's never been on an elevator. That's hard to do because most people have been on elevators. But if you get someone from a third world country, they've never been on an elevator, and you just walk up to a... I mean, you've seen it in Borat, the movie Borat. He walks in, the door opens, and he starts on to the elevator with the the manager of the hotel and he starts unpacking his clothes when he's in the elevator thinking that that's his room and he thinks it's a big room he goes no no and the manager's going this isn't your room this is how you get up to your room and the guy's like what what is this what people have an expectation when they come across some new activity and the, the person and people we had today They were relatively fit. And I said, don't let it be a reflection of your fitness. Remember, you could be the best athlete in the world. If you've never surfed, you're going to have a hard time surfing the first time. Then you get used to it. Just like skiing, roller skating, all those other things. Riding a bike. Riding a bike was directly, you know, you're riding a bike, but it's stationary bike. People say, well, I'm, I'm an avid bike rider. I say, yeah, we do things a little differently in here than that. Things you wouldn't do to increase the workout you get in an hour. Like you could ride bike for, you could ride a bike for hours. Unless you're in a competition, you're really not going to be strenuous. Down here, down here in the Keys, though, I, I used to ride up to 60 miles a day about two days a week. Until I had a close call where I got hit by a truck. And I didn't get injured, but my bike got badly damaged. And the guy got it repaired and all that stuff. But uh, it wasn't... It was a... And it made me rethink my workout regimen. Because I'm thinking, I got hit when both of us had stopped. The truck at this street that was going on to Route 1. And me... And he waved me through the intersection. And before I cleared the intersection, he started out. He was in a hurry. I'm like, if he was in a hurry, he should have went first because I stopped. But he hit the back end of my bike, flipped me around. Didn't knock me off my bike, though. And I'm thinking, well, that's a wake-up call. 
I got away with uh, just a little rub abrasion on my leg and a bent up bike, no broken bones. So I'm thinking, okay, okay, maybe I'll work out differently. Maybe I'll do a stationary bike inside because it's unlikely that I would be hit by a vehicle while I'm inside on a stationary bike. Now, that doesn't mean I can't get hurt. doesn't mean a plane or a satellite or a meteor can't come out, crash through the ceiling and kill me. It's unlikely. But the longer you ride here on Route 1, the more likely you are to be hit. And it's just so many things going on. But I'm talking about working out. So when you start a new activity, whether, especially workout, I'm going to address the workout thing. Take it easy. Your first couple weeks should be just acclimating, getting yourself in there. Don't worry about you using too light of weights, not knowing exactly what you're doing. But don't, you know, it's kind of, there's a lot of memes out there and short videos, TikTok videos of people doing stupid things on uh, doing things wrong on exercise machines. I'm going to turn that off. Look at that. Uh, yeah, my phone was ringing. Uh, so don't worry about that. Get the proper instruction. If you go into a place like Planet Fitness, you may not get great instruction. You may not. I don't know how. They, I don't go to a place like that. The, um, the gym I belong to if you're an avid listener, I belong to a hospital gym and because we're a small community, they open it to the public and they have these trainers that are college educated, you know, human, you know, human physiology, you know, studying sports, sports medicine and all this stuff. So they, they're, they're, they're not people that just took some courses online. They have degrees and uh, they show you around. They show you how to use the, uh, the equipment. And there's experienced people in there willing to help to show you. So always take it easy. And that works for bartending. When you go into bartending, you know, make what you can make. You know, you make a 7 and 7. You use a shot glass. You put the ice in first. Take the Seagram 7. Pour a shot and a quarter in. And then put the sprite or the seven up in there i know that's a copyright violation because you say seven to seven it's supposed to be seven up but i had actually had a guy last week say to me do you have seven up and i said uh yeah and then i go no no sprite he goes that's the reason why i ask you and i go okay i get it i get it you're you have a certain mixer you like so i said Will Sprite be all right? He goes, yes. Why the fuck are you making a big deal about it? Semantics. Semantics. I make a living off of semantics. I guess I say shit like that all the time. When someone says something, I'll have pretzel. Get me the pretzel. Do you want one pretzel? Or three pretzels. Come in three pretzels in order. And they go, I want the pretzel, pretzels and beer cheese. I said, well, the way, you know, the, way, the regular way. I just do it to fuck around. Maybe that's mean-spirited. I don't know. I do know. Gosh. I got to be more impeccable speech. I'm doing reacquainting myself with this this book. And I mentioned it several times. It's kind of new agey. It's called The Four Agreements. It's up there with Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra. But this Don Miguel Ruiz... 
who wrote it, it these four agreements. It's um, The first agreement is be impeccable with your word. The second one is don't take anything personally. The third agreement, don't make assumptions. The fourth agreement is always do your best. Okay? And being impeccable with your word is thinking about things you say. To be true to your spirit, I guess, when, you, when you're saying something to someone. Try not to be negative. Think about your impact of your words. Things like that. And your words don't only, in actually in this book, your words don't actually hurt the person that you direct them towards, but it also hurts yourself. It puts you in the wrong state of mind. Now, don't take anything personally. That's when something happens. And you get the, oh, woe is me. Or you take offense to something. Don't automatically think it's you. It could be all them. Or something else. They could just be releasing steam. It's not your place to really make a judgment on that. And that kind of really goes well into don't make assumptions. Something's going on. And I do this a lot. When someone's not talking to me or something like that, I, I my assumption is I did something to them. I must have behaved wrongly. Or they're having problems at home or they're not feeling well or this or that. You don't know. It's don't make assumptions. It doesn't just refer to people. It's situations. It's just life in general. And the, the fourth one, and I... It's simplistic. I know it's simplistic. But always attempt to do your best. Always strive to do your best. I mean, that should probably be the first one. Because if you do always try to do your best, then you'd be trying to be impeccable with your word, not taking anything personally, and don't make... And you 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 apply that to always trying to do your best, you know, not making assumptions. And I know sometimes when I'm on the air, I sound slightly hypocritical because I do my rants. I do make assumptions. And I made assumptions say, I do things that I know aren't good for me. I don't, I don't drink anymore. I watch somewhat what I eat. I stay away from too much junk, fried food and things like that. I still eat it. I try to compensate it with exercise. But one of the things I know is to stay away from negativity is watch the news. And I make assumptions. I take things personally. I take things personally at the news. How is that possible? Because they're happening a half a world away. I'm not going to... I'm not going to... This isn't a news program. But there is a situation happening in Europe. And it's a former Soviet Republic. Belarus is allowing immigrants from the Middle East to fly in from Turkey and Iraq and other places. And they fly in and they move, they immediately move them to the border of Poland. Okay? And this, the, the president or whatever his name is now, he's an autocrat, meaning he's the dictator, Lukashenko. He's kind of like a Putin puppet. But he's really, he's really bad. He actually, they wanted to get a hold of a, a journalist on a plane that was flying through Belarus 
airspace and he he uh, sent fighter planes to escort it to an airport and they said it was a air safety issue but when it was actually just they wanted the plane down so they can get a hold of the 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 journalist and take him off the plane yeah it was a and it was a violation of international law and all that stuff and that happened this past summer so they're doing it this then they a lot of uh, European countries, NATO and U.S. and all that, uh, they put sanctions on this guy for doing crazy shit like that. So in order to get back, he moved a couple thousand or, you know, they kind of directed a couple thousand Middle Eastern immigrants to the Polish-Belarusian border. And it's going on winter, so it's freezing at night. They got a couple tents, and they got food, and you know, they each not everyone has tents. They're stuck there, and they're he's using the press and all that stuff. And Poland is kind of it's not far off. They sometimes Poland Poland's kind of autocratic, and they pass some laws that are that they're not as bad as Belarus, but you know, it's it's there, and they but they have a reason to have sovereignty and stuff like that, and they don't want to be used as tool. But these people on the border are being used. They're being used by Lukashenko of Belarus, and I take it personally. So what assholes? What what an asshole this guy is. And people say, what an asshole of Poland? It's a couple thousand people. You can just take them in, let them go through, and to return them. Well, I mean, it's just a game of one-upmanship. And then you think about the countries that let them board the plane. They know that Turkey knows what's going on. Oh, you're flying to Belarus? Well, they're going to move you to the border. Probably, They probably knew what was going to happen, too. Now, Turkey's a Muslim country, but they're not offering. Turkey's not offering uh, refugee status to these people that are leaving war-torn Syria. You know, the, uh, the or Iraq. These these Muslim countries in, around there, they're not doing it. And I don't have any problems with... My, I, but I don't understand why people are so dedicated to their religion when people, other followers of their religion, aren't there to help them. Now, supposedly... Europe has taken a lot of refugees in. But Europe was traditionally, I guess what do you call it, they're lay countries now with a smattering of, uh, with uh, Christianity. But why are these people leaving their country, going to other countries and being diehard Muslim? Because the, all the assholes that are starting wars in their own countries are Muslim. Right? And most of the people that don't want them in are Christian. So where's the Christianity in that? You know. So that's me watching the news, thinking that whole thing through. So I just want to say, while I had the opportunity, fuck you, Lukashenko, and leave it at that. So I get all worked up on that. I knew that was that's. I'm not being. I'm making assumptions. I'm not being impeccable with my word. I'm not doing my best when I'm not avoiding the news. I'm not doing my best. I'm taking it personally, too. 
they get personally say, oh, God, why are you so fucked up? Why? And I'm thinking, oh, well, look, I'm so, and, and this is where you take things personally, when I think I'm better. I'm better because I'm aware of this. I'm not better or worse being aware. It's just the news. It's just the news that happens. You can't control other things that happen. I can't control when someone takes an automatic weapon, decides to go into their place of work, shoot a bunch of people, then a bunch of other people responding by saying, on both sides, saying, you know, ban all the weapons, and the other persons are saying, well, we have a right to have these weapons and stuff like that. If you gave everyone weapons, they wouldn't have been able to shoot as many people. And I'm just looking at this stuff, and I go, boy, it's just... And that is the crux when you're worried about these things and you're, you're making assumptions that people should, my assumption is people should be able to reason these things out. I mean, if you go, my, my, I make assumptions that if someone goes to church regularly, they should be kind to other people. They shouldn't be, they shouldn't be racist or xenophobic or against the poor. But that's my assumption that if you're going to church that purports that poor people aren't evil, why would you treat them that way? And I should just back up and say that I'm, I'm taking it personally and stuff like that. I, I got to think about that more often. And that thinking, sometimes thinking, causes that kind of consternation that gets me worked up. And I don't have to get worked up over that. I got to worry about keeping my side of the street clean. I can still advocate for policies I agree in, you know, clean environment, clean oceans, well-educated and safe children, healthy children, well-fed population. I can advocate all those things without taking things personally and being getting angry or worrying about what I say. And there's sometimes I say things that are kind of veiled comments. So I'm going to try to do that. I think comedy can still exist without that, without being taking things personally. I can just use it as a foil. Let's see how that works out. Some people say when they talk to me, hey, Jim, what you do is not comedy because it's just not fucking funny. <laughs> well, go and listen to whatever show that you listen to. Go, go to your true crime podcast. There's nothing wrong with true punk, uh, crime podcasts. They're very entertaining. But uh, it's not my thing, necessarily. Matter of fact, the podcast, what kind of podcast do I listen to? I'm going to make this, this is subject change. I like history podcast. I like funny. Uh, there's these guys called The Lost Drive-In. It used to be called the Science Fiction Film Podcast. The host name... The, the 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 name of the host of the the Lost Drive-In, which used to be the science fiction film podcast, is is Dean Martin, and I thought that was great. His name's Dean Martin, and uh, his co-host is Matthew, and there's another guy, Scott. And what they do is a generally his films uh, used to be it used to be science fiction horror films and stuff like that, but now it's almost every film. It's called the Lost Drive-In, and uh, I, I I enjoy how they parody the films and they they talk about them in death and they talk they 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 do a critique, and if it's a bad movie, 
they'll just go off. And if it's a good movie, they'll they'll say some funny things. I like the history ones. I like the Civil War, War ones. I, I, I listened to one last night where I'm going to talk about in depth about a sleepless night. I'm running on sleep deficit. I think I may have slept four hours last night. I realize how important sleep is. So that's part of, I guess, if I'm applying one of the four agreements, I would be always doing my best. So I should spend a couple hours trying to get some sleep today before I go into work. Uh, what other podcast? I do self-improvement podcast. There's a Mind Valley one. I like that. You know, any anything that kind of uplifting or educational or entertaining. Take it. I purposely stay away from similar kind of podcasts where people just do the verbal diarrhea like I'm doing right now because I don't want to be derivative. Okay, well, last night, my dog, I'm going to admit, the, the wife and I go to sleep after I come home. I, I generally try to go to sleep about a half hour after I come home from work. You don't know, stay up too late. Because I have to get up in the morning and go to the gym on uh, about four or five days a week. Depending on how many classes and how many days I decide I need to work out. And my, our, we have this dog, and, and it's a rescue dog, Roxy. Member of the family. She is had a precipitous decline in health in the last four months four months just gotten old and you know some things we've taken her to vet and there's just general old dog syndrome slowing down doing these things maybe some doggy dementia going on she just doesn't have that step she's not she was like a puppy until a couple months ago and then you've seen this deep decline and uh, that's just old age. So she sleeps with us. She's been sleeping with us. She would sleep with the daughter, and then she comes halfway through the night. You hear the tick, tick, tick of her her uh, nails on her paws, cut, making her way across her tiles floors to our room. And she'd come up and jump in the bed. She doesn't even jump in the bed anymore because she can't make it up. So Roxy has, in the middle of the night, she'll just wake up. And reposition herself. She just gets up. She has Jimmy legs. She's kicking. And she sleeps against. She always sleeps on my side. She always sleeps on my side. She sleeps with me. And because of that, I don't sleep naked. I don't I don't feel proper sleeping naked with my female dog there. Though I would, would like to do that. Oh, she's walking around here. Oh, you want to go outside? You're checking the food. She came out. She made her presence. Oh, she wants to go out on the porch. I'm going to come right back. I'm just looking around. Okay, I'm going to go out on the porch. Take a look around. Okay. Well, she woke up. I have to decide whether she needs to go out and pee in the middle of the night or poop or whatever. And that just wakes me up and... I start thinking. I start. The first thing I started thinking about, our neighbors started decorating for Christmas already. They're doing a nice job. They're stepping. We're going to have to step up our game. We realize that. And I mentioned that thing about, 
Yeah, they may have started early because they I guess they expect to be busy. But they, they got most of their, their lights up already. And it's two weeks before Thanksgiving. Well played, I must say. Well played indeed. Well, we generally don't start doing arts until Thanksgiving weekend. But now I got to I got to reevaluate that and make sure we get get all the lights we need and all that stuff. So I started thinking about that, and that segues into I don't know why mall Santas. I just started thinking about mall Santas. I said, how do you get a hold of mall Santas? What did mall Santas do the rest of the year? You know? You sit there. You know, are they mall security guards? Do they work at Annie's Pretzels? Are they library folk? Or are they that seasonal? Like one month they work. I mean, I imagine that. And then I thought, how much do they get paid if they only work one month out of a year? Do they take a month off from their regular job in order to play in Mall Santa? How in-depth is their background check for Mall Santa? You know, I had a really in-depth background check just to be a spin instructor at a hospital. So I imagine anybody that has kids sit on their laps, strange kids, you're wearing a red suit, you have a disguise. What what kind of background check do they want? How much do they make? Are there benefits? No, there's probably not benefits, only one month out of a year. Do they play the Easter Bunny? And is it even worth playing the Easter Bunny? Because anybody can be in the Easter Bunny. All you have to do is fit in the Easter Bunny suit. And why... You know, Santa is kind of like a man, right? Well, he is a man. But the Easter bunny is a large rabbit or bunny, a bunny, right? Or hare. I don't know technically what is a rabbit or a hare. I mean, first, yeah, yeah, the Easter, you, you know, you have the Easter. We talked about, no, we haven't maybe. Just think about the tr- thing, and, and then I was thinking of a thing. Look, how did we get to s- the birth of the Messiah 2,050 years ago? You know, and raising, coming back from the dead, and, you know, after they put him in the crypt, and he, you know, rolled back the stone, and to, to uh, celebrating Christmas with a guy in a red suit. I understand the story about St. Nicholas. He was a bishop in Turkey and he walked around and gave gifts to the kids for some reason. You know, I mean, how they made the, the linkage from the birth of Christ to giving gifts to the kids and then hanging stockings and bringing trees in and lighting them up. Um, mentioned on the last show about, hey, how they used to put candles in Christmas trees in houses, which is insane. Right? Candles. Candles, yep. Oh, just an open candle on it. Unstable, uh, multiple candles. So, how did that... And then, you know, they did that. And then people say, well, we're going to put... And Jim Gaffigan does a great bit about it. We're going to put lights on the outside. We're going to decorate the outside of our houses and celebrate the birth of Christ. 
And then, so that's all going full tilt, right? We got Christmas all set up. Then they go, what can we do with Easter? Well, he came back from the, he, he was crucified on a Friday. And then they took him down and put him in a crypt. And then three days later, they went back to check on him. He was gone. And he had risen from the dead. So what should we do to say, oh, we go to the church and they say he has risen, blah, 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 blah. How about it? A bunny that brings colored eggs. We'll start decorating eggs and then bring in a basket with chocolates and stuff like that. Well, wait, why don't we just do egg-based thing? Well, no, 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 we're going to do chocolates. But we'll put them inside egg shapes. Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And then we'll put them in malls. We'll have a giant bunny. A giant bunny. It used to be a little bunny, and you think a little bunny just give you a little chocolate. But no, we got to make him a big bunny because he's got to carry a lot of baskets. And then that's just, I mean, think about the holidays. Think about them. Think about Thanksgiving. Turkey. We're going to do a parade and then we're going to bring in Santa. We're going to bring Santa at the end. Um, and, you know, these people had a hard time. The reason they had Thanksgiving because they survived or some harvest or something like that. They survived and the Indians helped them out and stuff like that. Um, and eventually they'll kill the Indians because it makes sense. After you give Thanksgiving, you're going to kill all the Indians. Um, I'm being sarcastic. Then we'll, we'll do a parade and... We'll have giant balloons filled with helium. We used to use hydrogen, but we'll use helium. No, I don't know if they use hydrogen. I was just watching a special on the, the Zeppelin. But that would be really interesting if they used hydrogen, flammable gas, and you had a bunch of cigar, cigar chomping guys walking down the street holding balloons full with hydrogen, which is more buoyant than helium. I just found out at 50 years old that hydrogen is much more buoyant than, or is a lot more buoyant than helium because it's a lighter molecule or atom. I guess it's a molecule. And so it's much lighter than air. I go, wow, I did not know that. So that's why they had the Hindenburg. You know, that was a good, you know, just people have crazy ideas. So I talk about Thanksgiving. If they thought it was a great idea to have an 800-foot-long balloon go across the Atlantic filled with explosive gas. And you know what else? We'll put a bunch of passengers in there where we feed them. Now, I don't know how they heated stoves and stuff like that. I don't know if they smoked on the... I mean, that'd be funny if they smoked on... You know, that... You can see on the deck when they're overlooking the Atlantic, maybe they had windows. People are looking out the side and they go, well, I'll just open this window. And so, well, if that heat, hydrogen leaks and you're smoking a cigar, you know, he's going to blow us up. And we're going to go right in the Atlantic. Okay. Uh, this is, I guess I'm segueing with it. Just crazy ideas, crazy ideas. And I'm thinking about those in the middle of the night and I can't go to sleep. Because my brain is thinking about the Hindenburg blowing up. 
why is Santa, why they're mall Santas, how much do they get paid, do they do background checks, do they do background checks on the bunnies, you know, the people that dress up like bunnies. I wore a bunny suit once for my employer. He's his brother. They own a business up in uh, Philadelphia. There was a catering business, but the brother, every holiday in growing Christmas, sell Christmas trees. And Mother's Day, I think it was Mother's Day, they had a big tent for um, Mother's Day flowers all week. They would sell big, big, they sell thousands a day, thousands of not thousands of plants, but thousands of dollars worth a day. Pretty good business for them. And they used to, on Easter, I guess they did it on Easter. Because I wore the bunny suit. And the bunny suit was not made, I think the bunny suit was made for someone who was 5'10". Because you see my sneakers and my, I couldn't wear the, the, the shoes. I had these sneakers on and you see my socks and all that stuff. And there's nothing like having a seven foot tall. I mean, when you put the hat on and stuff like that, you're a seven foot tall bunny. Who wants a seven foot tall bunny? And the kids are going to say, oh my God, I want to go up and pat him. No, they don't. Kids don't run. They run away from those things. I'm sorry. I'm playing with change with the thing. I'd like to thank you for listening, folks. I'm going to try to get some sleep today. I'm going to try to uh, do my best. I hope you try to do your best today. And if you have the opportunity, please, 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 please. I wanted to thank the people that are doing this already, especially in Cape May, Manhattan, Illinois, Anchorage, Alaska, Juneau, Alaska, uh, Bismarck, North Dakota, Iowa City, Sioux, Sioux Falls, Madison, Wisconsin, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia. Uh, I know I'm missing places. It's Taiwan. Taiwan, India. Um, Taiwan, though, is matching India. And I, there's only like 24 million people in Taiwan. There's over a billion people in India. I mean, it's an advanced country, but I know there's at least 300 million Indians that have, or 400 million Indians that have the Internet. So I should be able to get maybe 10,000 of you guys. If you want to learn about booze and how screwy the keys are this is the place for it please share the podcast with your friends download as many episodes as you can and if you have any questions please email them to jim at keysbartender.com i'll be back next week i'll talk to you later goodbye